Hello, I'm Pastor Daniel Flukey. Welcome to the Sermon Podcast from Christ the King and Living Hope Lutheran Churches. We are congregations of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, located in Port Washington and Saukville, Wisconsin. We believe God's love is for you. Here's our message for this week. And today's gospel reading comes from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 1, beginning at verse 29. Glory to you, O Lord. As soon as they left the synagogue, they entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they told him about her at once. He came and took her by the hand and lifted her up. Then the fever left her, and she began to serve them. That evening at sunset, they brought to him all who were sick or possessed with demons, and the whole city was gathered around the door. And he cured many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons, and he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. In the morning, while it was still very dark, he got up and went out to a deserted place, and there he prayed. And Simon and his companions hunted for him. When they found him, they said to him, Everyone is searching for you. He answered, Let us go on to the neighboring town so that I may proclaim the message there also, for that is what I came to do. And he went throughout Galilee, proclaiming the message in their synagogues and casting out demons. The gospel of our Lord. Praise Praise to you, O Christ. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I think most of you know that our kids, Jonah and Micah, spend a couple mornings a week at Here We Grow, Living Hope's preschool ministry, and I really appreciate it. It's great. They get some social interaction. Parents both get some time to work and be without kids for a little bit. It's a wonderful privilege, unique to me, that I get to drop them off at work. Micah has been there since just a little bit after we moved here to Port Washington. Jonah started when he was about four months old. And here is the one disadvantage. I don't think that there has been more than about five days since Jonah started that he has not been sick in some form with a runny nose or sniffles. I know that's normal for daycare. That's normal for an eight or nine month old. When Micah was this age, it was a pandemic. He saw nobody. He did not get sick. It was amazing. When Jonah has had a fever, we've kept him home, of course, but most of the time his illnesses are not a big deal. Everybody else in his class is sniffly too. It's just an annoying part of life. A sickness, however, in the ancient world, in the Bible story, like what Peter's mother-in-law has, and by the way, I know it says, if you're listening carefully, it says Simon in the text, Simon's mother-in-law. We usually think of him more as Peter because later in the story, Jesus is going to rename him Peter the Rock, so I'm going to call him Peter. What Peter's mother-in-law has in this story, sick with a fever, confined to bed, is a much bigger deal. Without modern technology or medicine, being sick means that you are isolated from the world. She's confined to bed in the story. It means you're cut off from your neighbors. You're cut off from fulfilling your duties in society. Your whole life, basically, is on pause. And over and over again in the gospel stories, when we see Jesus going around healing people, and he does a lot of healing, healing people, casting out demons, we see him not only restoring their physical health or casting out that demon, he's also restoring people to their community, welcoming them back, rebuilding relationships. 
So in this story, the Greek word that Mark uses for Jesus lifting her up is the same word used for what happens to Jesus on Easter morning at the resurrection when he is raised up from the dead. So she, in this story, Mark is saying she's given new life. She's restored from the brink of death, brought back from being exiled from her family and her community. She's set free, released to live the life that God is calling her to live. She's set free to follow her calling. And that's what Jesus does for people, right? We just sang about that, setting us free, releasing us from that fear. That is the work that you and I are called to today as well. Not necessarily the physical healing part, although sometimes God does work in that way. That's why we pray for healing. But in the work we are called to, we are called to the work of welcoming people into relationships, restoring community, proclaiming the good news of freedom and liberation, the good news of healing and wholeness that is found in Jesus, the new life in Christ. And in the story, when she is healed, what is the first thing she does? Did you catch it? Mark says, she begins to serve them, which is kind of odd. It says, then the fever left her and she began to serve them. There's a lot we could unpack in that sentence, because first of all, this woman has been in bed, we don't know for how long, but she's been confined to bed with a fever. Wouldn't you think they'd let her rest for a little bit once the fever's gone? And second, this verse has been twisted by some to say that somehow she's supposed to be a model for all women, and because she served, that somehow means that women belong in the kitchen or something like that. And if that is what you get out of reading this story, I'm sorry, you have missed the point entirely. Peter's mother-in-law in this story is serving. She is living out what it means to be a disciple, what we are all called to do. In fact, the way that Mark describes her in this story, she is a much more spiritually mature disciple than any of these other 12 men who are so clueless most of the story, who ask all these ridiculous questions and wander away. And when Mark says she began to serve them, it is not like she's just getting up and serving tea or something. The word serving here is the same word that Jesus uses to describe his own ministry later. When he says, the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve. We are called to follow Jesus' example of service. This is what we're called to do. This is discipleship. This is what it means to follow Jesus. In Greek, the word there for serve is diakone, which we translate into English as deacon. She begins to deacon them. And a deacon, in English, is a person who serves God in tangible ways by ministering to others. And some of you know this, but did you know that our church has deacons? You might be familiar with Catholic deacons. It's kind of like a priest, similar angle, sometimes a step to becoming a priest. But did you know that Lutherans have deacons too? I hope so. We have one at Living Hope, Chris Lear, and many of you know Chris. The ELCA has two categories of religious professionals. We have pastors and we have deacons. And pastors are called to the ministry of word and sacrament, to leading worshiping communities like this. So I'm responsible for proclaiming the word and presiding at the sacraments. Deacons 
are called to the ministry of word and service. And it's not like pastors outrank deacons or anything like that. It's a separate ministry. And so like pastors, deacons are called through a congregation, through a body of believers, but they're usually called to a more particular form of ministry. So it might be something like working with the homeless or teaching a school or social work or administration, something helping the life of the congregation happen, another form of service. So deacons are intended to be a bridge between the church's worship on Sunday mornings, what we're doing right now, and the church's service out in the world the rest of the week. They're set apart for this tangible work of discipleship, which is to help the rest of us engage in the service that we are all called to do, to be disciples as well. So this story of Jesus healing Peter's mother-in-law is more than just a healing story. It's also a call story. Just like the stories some of you were here a couple weeks ago, we heard stories of Jesus calling disciples to follow him, calling some fishermen. And I think in some ways, I like this story better. I think this story is actually a much more helpful call story for us. In those other stories, We had some fishermen, and Jesus walks by and says, come and follow me, and they immediately drop their nets, and they leave everything behind, and they come and set off on an adventure with Jesus. They leave everything behind. They change their entire life. And of course, sometimes, for some people, that is how God's call works. Sometimes it is that dramatic. God calls you to radical life change. Stop what you're doing. Go the other way. Step out of the boat in faith. Follow not knowing where the call is going to take you. Some of you heard me talk a few weeks ago about how hard it is to hold that up as the model we're supposed to follow. Today's call story is a bit different. And again, I think it's a little more helpful. At least it's another example for us to follow as we try to discern where God is calling us, where God is calling you. Because Jesus' healing does not set Peter's mother-in-law off on some radical new path. Instead, Jesus sets her free to serve right where she is, right where God has already led her. Jesus frees her to be a disciple in the midst of her life. She doesn't have a net to let go of and walk away from. She has this physical illness that's hindering her from fulfilling the purpose God has called her to, But then Jesus lifts her up. He releases her from that illness. He calls her into a new life. Jesus gives her the health that she needs to do what she needs to do. God might call us to do things that are impossible for us to do, but through the Holy Spirit, God always makes a way for us to answer that call. The Holy Spirit equips us to do what we are called to do. Gary Boshi writes, It is sometimes easy to think that being touched or healed by Jesus would empower us to do amazing things. And while that is certainly true on some occasions, it is much more often true that being touched by Jesus' presence simply enables us to serve others and to resume our usual tasks. If we sit around waiting for Jesus to show up and give us superpowers, most of us are going to be waiting a long time. 
But if we look for where God is already equipping us to serve, to serve with the gifts that we have within the relationships and the communities that we are already in, well, then I think the Holy Spirit can get to work through us. This morning is Scout Sunday. Thank you for having one person here wearing a uniform. I appreciate that, Rick. I think the Boy Scouts are a good example of that kind of service. Scout law is all about growing in character in small ways, right? Becoming more loyal and friendly and being cheerful, helpful in your community, cheerful with whatever tasks you have before you, being the best you can in the situations that you're in. You don't need to go to the other side of the world to live out that calling. You do it right here in this community, looking for ways to serve the people around you. It's the way that you live in the mundane, ordinary parts of life that best demonstrates your character. We're welcoming a new member into our congregation in a little bit this morning, and members of our congregation are called to live among God's faithful people, to be present here in this community. You're called, all of you, to serve all people, following Jesus' example, as Paul talks about in that other reading, not looking for pay or recognition, but because that is what Jesus calls us to do. And the reward is the joy of sharing the gospel, the joy of telling other people those stories about Jesus, the joy of living God's way, being who we are created to be as children of God. And notice, too, going back to that other call story, that even though we heard about James and John leaving their father Zebedee behind in the boat because they were so excited to drop their nets and immediately follow Jesus, that does not mean they never saw their father or their family again. Simon Peter is one of those disciples in the story who dropped his nets. And yet, here he is concerned about his mother-in-law. And by the way, did you catch the detail that if he has a mother-in-law, that means Peter's married and he has a wife as well. He has commitments in this world. God created families. God works through families. So often the people who are closest to us, family, friends, co-workers, those are the exact people that God calls us to minister to. Sometimes you might wish God was calling you somewhere else, but that's between you and God. The best ways that we serve God are by living out our faith every day, in our daily lives, in our families, serving our friends and our neighbors, not usually dramatic or public, but being deacons to each other, being disciples, making whatever difference God enables us to make in Jesus' name. In that first reading, Paul talked about becoming all things to all people. And that doesn't mean that we're changing who we are or camouflaging ourselves, pretending to be something we're not to trick people into following Jesus. No, it means serving the people around us as they have need, whatever that need is. It means adapting the way that we share the gospel, sharing the good news of Jesus in ways that people can hear and understand and relate to. It means following the example of Jesus, our Lord, as he goes throughout Galilee, proclaiming the coming of God's kingdom, setting people free from their power of demons, 
telling people of God's love and the freedom found in Christ. Beloved of God, Jesus has set you free. And Jesus is calling you to go and share that freedom you have found, to proclaim the good news of God's love to your neighbors. Who will you serve this week? Amen. Thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast. To learn more about the ministries of Living Hope and Christ the King, to ask for prayer, or to make a donation to support the work we are doing in Ozaukee County, you can visit our websites at livinghopesockville.org or ctkport.org, or click the link in the show notes to find us online or on social media. May God bless you, and we hope you'll join us again soon.